everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about finally eliminating screen problems in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and if you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. And if you're a new friend, we're so glad you found us. Today, we have the best topic ever. This is a question that we get routinely in all of our groups that we speak and in all of our social media and all of our emails, and it's the whole topic of group texting. So I hope y'all are having a fabulous week. I want everybody to refer, and I put in the show notes, a piece that I wrote a number of years ago. It actually got over a million shares on Psychology Today, and the title was, or is, Why Social Media is Not Smart for Middle School Kids. So this is on our blog, on our site. We are still, of course, sharing this far and wide. And I wrote this piece while my boys were experiencing middle school. And this is why this piece, I think, went out as as wide as it did, because I was describing a middle school child (laughs) and why social media was not smart for them. They did not have, as you know, um, they did not have a smartphone or social media in middle school or high school, but we were very close to the families who did and who were being hurt by it. And when we're talking today about group text, I want everyone to realize that group text is, it carries with it the same risk that social media carries with it. So when I say that middle school kids and Dr. Stacy and I here in just a second, um, Dr. Stacy is joining us. And when I say, and we say that middle school kids should not have group text, it is an understatement. It's like reckless driving. Imagine being in middle school or high school for that matter, and being able to hurt one person just at the click of a button. You don't even have to do it face to face. You just have that control. Now imagine having the audience and being able to hurt 20 people at the same time or one person in front of 20 people. This audience is very powerful for a middle school brain. Middle school age kids are mean. They're mean. They're just, I'm just going to say it. Look, I've had four of them. Dr. Stacy has four, Um, but they're mean. I'm just going to tell you, if you think your middle school child isn't mean, then we have to help you with that little blind spot because they're, that's just part of their development. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more in a minute, but um, we don't think our kids are capable of being mean. So we give them control of the phone and we tell them to be nice. We say, be nice. And then they get hold of a group text and they're not nice. Same reason why social media account is a horrible decision to give a child because they're giving them, we're giving them control to a whole audience for them to be even more mean. So we have Dr. Stacy on the show today. Dr. Stacy, please help us unpack what I call the curse of group texting. Welcome to the show. Hi, Melanie. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so group texting, I'm so excited to talk about this topic because there's this sort of fallacy that, you know, if you give your kid a phone and it doesn't have social media, you know, that group texting is fine and they can, you know, get in a big group and text all their friends and make plans. And then the parents will have to be involved and all this stuff. But I think it's really important to talk about the, some of the dangers of group texting and how you can get your kids 
better prepared for the challenges that are involved in that and help them sort of mature to a point where that is going to be good for them. You know, and I think um, I just wanted to touch base on that topic about middle school Mm -hmm. being mean and it's because their brains are developing. And so their frontal lobes aren't connected like they need to be. Their judgment is not where we want it to be. And so a lot of times they do things that uh, of course, as adults, we would never do. And we can all think back to when we were kids and we did things that we would never do now as an adult. And then imagine having a total, you know, audience. I mean, it depends on, of course, your kid's school size, because some of these schools have enormous group texting platforms for like every kid in the grade. You know, what tends to happen, and, and let me just interrupt and say that it's screen strong. We are really here to help you figure this stuff out. We're not here just to spread bad news every day. Okay. It's not bad news. This is called education and we're going to educate you some about the behind the scene things that are happening. And Dr. Stacy, I'm so glad that you piggyback on that comment that I made about middle school kids being mean, because this is it. They're super immature. They're, they're very insecure. And remember that it's not that they're not intelligent. And I have to say that again, right up front. We say that a lot on the show. They're really smart and that's what throws parents off, right? But they are insecure and it's okay that they're insecure. It's okay. It's called growing up. Right. I mean, I know we can all think about a time, like for example, if you have a middle school age daughter and you look at her and she comes out of her room and she's dressed to go out to dinner and you think she looks so cute and you say, you look so cute. And then they say, Oh, I don't, my hair looks terrible. And my, you know, <laughs> things don't fit right. And I don't like, and you're thinking like, you're even mean to yourself. Right. right. I mean, like it's this stage that they're in. And I think that's important that we learn how to support them and usher them to the next developmental stage with the appropriate boundaries in place, which is really important. I love that you just said that because they're mean to their friends and, and guys, I, I don't mean that to be ugly. It's just true. They are. And, but what you just said, they're mean to themselves. That's yeah. exactly right. It's not like they're purposely trying to be ugly. They just, it's okay. They're, they're just in a phase. And, and even recently, Dr. Stacey, you and I talked about how um, kids in middle school, like they just sort of do this weird U-turn, like, you know, they're rocking along pretty fine and they're, everything's great. They're 10, they're 13 or 12 or 11, 12, whatever. And then all of a sudden they hit 13 and it's like, wait a minute, what's happening to my kids? <laughs> like, I, could you please go give me my son back? Yeah, I've got two 13 year olds, so oh. I'm, I'm right there. But, um, you know, it's interesting because when my older daughter, you know, I have a 17 year old and when she was 13, they, um, she goes to a pretty small school and there are about 40 kids in her whole grade. And they all got pulled to like a little meeting with the whole class. And she was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Well, long story short, something very inappropriate had gotten out on a group text. Oh. Had no idea. Right. Because she wasn't, uh, you know, group texting. Um, and I was, and I loved that that had happened at that stage for her. Cause I could sort of explain to her as evidence, you are getting left out of things, but you're getting left out of inappropriate and stressful things as well. And so, right. so this group testing thing at this age is, is really the number one issue I hear parents struggling with. And yeah, well, and they know about it. You know, if the parents that aren't reading the text don't know about it, but the ones that are, it's, it's very stressful. So um, I think Melanie, we should start with group texting is social media. So we just need to put that out there that, it's this, it is the same. I mean, yeah, I remember Andrew coming home one day from school and, and something just like you described, 
had happened at our school. And he came in the door and he made the proclamation, mom, group texting is the same as social media. And I remember, and that was back in middle. And I thought, wow, that's right. And that's how then you and I started talking about this. And there have been so many days that you and I have been on the phone and dealing with different things about, you know, uh, parents that are struggling where you have brought it up or I have brought it up. And so I'm finally so glad that we're able to explain this to our audience. So can you just start like with explaining why it's like social media and the definition of social media? Yeah. Maybe you just start we, with that. we were doing a um, presentation recently. And so we kind of got down to what is the definition of social media. So I think this is when we were presenting with the Osprey organization down in Mississippi, and we really wanted to get to the root of what is social yeah. media. So this is the best definition that we could find is social media is digital technology that allows the sharing of ideas and information, including text and visuals through virtual networks and communities, which is mm -hmm. exactly what group texting is. Mm -hmm. Okay, So the sharing of ideas and information, great. You know, that's a, that's a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, including text and visuals through virtual networks and communities. So that's, mm -hmm. that is group texting. Okay. Yeah. So kids are sharing words among sometimes very large audiences. Um, they are sharing pictures, photos, mm -hmm. videos, you know, usually it starts, you know, most kids that have a smartphone and group text have an iPhone. Most kids. Um, I think there's more kids that have, iPhones than Androids. And mm -hmm. so they, you know, one person sort of starts the group text and adds people. And then that person is in charge. They right. delete people. They can add people. They can sort of decide who's yeah. allowed. And then the other kids are equally as in control because they can send out whatever they want to send out. They can, and they can forward anything that comes across to a whole nother group. But what you just said that there's one person in charge, that is the problem. When you give a middle school kid that much power over that many feelings. And then what, what happens and, and, and if y'all have young kids listening, you haven't seen this yet. If you have middle school kids, you know exactly what we're talking about. What happens is that there is this horrible rejection, not only from what's happening on the group text, and the nasty things that are being said, but that that you're rejected because you didn't get invited to be on a group text. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And in the one that I'm familiar with that was happening in a middle school situation was that the kids were being made fun of relentlessly for the way they look, their clothes, their weight, their hair, their nose, their socks, their uh, their lockers. I mean, anything that they could think of. And it was all done and fun, right? This was the title of the group text was a terrible title. I won't even go into what the title of it was. I can't even believe this mother allowed this to happen, but it was about drama and that was in the title. So it was almost like one of those slam books, you know, grown up where people would just pass around notebooks and write terrible things about people, but it was all in everybody's pockets and their phones in their pocket, which is the whole reason why kids shouldn't have phones and they should especially not have them at school. But of course this all happens at night too. It's not just happening in school. Well, and a lot of times what happens is, so a kid will start a group text and they'll include say all the girls in their class. Right. And so they have this big group text. Well then one of the kids on the text is quote annoying to someone else. And so, and I hear this all the time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. then they, they go and they make a different group text. That's everybody except that person. And then right? they talk about them and yeah. they talk about them and then they get back and forth and they, 
you know, I mean, it's just control and mass audience and a way to sort of be mean on a large stage and sort of exert your, you know, power over other kids. And yeah. And this, and this is when it happens in middle school, it is absolutely horrendous. In fact, I, I don't really know of a whole lot of situations where there's success with this. Now, a parent, I guess, could be on it as well, but that's typically not what happens. Well, you know, um, my kids don't have that ability. And so I told the kids if they wanted to be on the group text, they could give my number. Yes. Ever doing the group. Well, they don't want to do that, right? Yeah. They don't want a parent on there. Yeah. So with my older child, they, her group did that. And then they realized that you were on it pretty quickly. They, they removed me. <laughs> you got removed. I you got blocked. Oh no. <laughs> your group text because they start, they say things that they don't want a parent to read. Yeah. And not that, like I've said before, and I'll say it forever. You know, there's, they're not bad kids. Like right. there's not this idea of these are bad kids and these are good kids and whatever. They're just kids and yeah. they do this kind of stuff. And I, I said it at our event in Charlotte and I'll say it every day. If I would have had all of these things when I was this age without any, you know, boundaries, I would not be where I am today. <laughs> yeah. so, so luckily yeah. I was born in a, in a different time. Different time. Uh, well, let me just say that in the situation that I dealt with back a number of years ago, that the parents didn't even speak up. And so this is, it's almost like the parents were afraid of their peers too, right? So I'm just going to tell you that if you are a parent of the hurt child, you know, you feel the same pain when your child is being hurt in a group tech situation, or maybe it's just somebody being mean to them at school, but we're talking about group text today. I've talked to these moms, I've talked to these parents, and they are devastated. It's it's as if it's happening to them. They take it very personally and they take the pain very deeply. However, if you're the mom of the person who started the group text, you know, Dr. Stacey, what I'm going to say. They think that it's all cute and fun and game. Oh, don't worry. Kids are just being kids. They're just teasing each other. But then it see it all of a sudden changes when it's your kid. Right. Is the one yeah. being and that's what I see pretty, pretty commonly um, is, is that exact pattern. And, um, you know, a lot of times these group texts are happening without any parent knowledge. Like they don't know who's on the right. group text. They don't know what they're talking about on the group text and the parents aren't reading it or looking at it and nothing against parents who allow this, but I think the intentions are good. Like I'm going to let my kids have this avenue to get in touch with their friends and I'm going to read the text and whatever. And you do that for a week. And then, you just, <laughs> I mean, literally one time, um, this kid showed me during the school day had 1,084 unread text messages from one group text. Oh my because goodness. They were like, whatever the maximum number is 25 kids or something on this one group text. And they're all sending, you know, 50 text messages over the course of the day uh -huh. or, you mm -hmm. know, it got 1200 text messages. Well, and, and a lot of parents say, well, I'm on it and follow it. But then the problem with that is then you get the thousand beeps on your phone as the parent and you, you can't do that. It interrupts right. your whole day. And so unless you're going to quit your job and not make dinner anymore, then that's going to be your 50 hour a week full-time job is to read all that business. And that's right. not. So I think it's important to parents um, as we're sort of talking through this to really challenge yourself um, as to why you think 
why you want to allow your kids to group text, right? Mm -hmm. So what sort of things are you getting out of that? What are they getting out of it? What are the reasons that you want to allow that? Because a lot of parents will say, well, my kids group text and it's fine and there's never been any issues and it's just her, you know, and her friends or him and his buddies and they, you know, talk about whatever they're doing this weekend or, you know. But it turns really quickly. Right. It turns really quickly. And something just came to me that I hadn't brought up yet. And so as an aside, just want to say another thing to be aware of on the group texting is it's an immense platform for cheating. Um, so so one kid will take a picture of their homework and send it on the group text. And then all the other kids just copy their work. Wow. Um, Yeah. What a temptation. Happen. Um, I mean, more times than you can count. So the difference in what we're talking about, the group text on a personal phone in your pocket is very different from a like group me or something where the classroom is having conversations. So I want people to understand that too. Um, And, and so, and that's, that's better. Anything on a bigger screen is better. It's always better on the laptop than it is on the phone, for example, Um, because you're not as able, you're not as likely to put, you know, um, bad things out there when it, when it's going out and where, you know, the teachers are maybe watching or there's parents that are maybe watching, but I want to just say the solution to this is that you, uh, real quick, I'll, I'll tell you, it's to get your, your phone set up to where there's no group text allowed or media sharing allowed. And so we're going to cover that again here in just a minute, but the amount of pain and rejection on group texting that I was watching in middle school and my kids didn't have a smartphone yet. So that was fine. They didn't even have a basic phone yet at that point, but that was enough to make me change all the rules or set up the rules in our house to go through even high school without group texting. So the boys, as y'all know, you've heard, you've listened to Andrew and Evan before, but we decided in middle school, it was such a disaster with so many of their friends that I said, guys, we're not doing group texting even in high school. And let me tell you what happened. There was an early year there in high school, uh, you know, when they basically um, got their, their basic phone and they were around 15 and, um, and they were out in the backyard with some kids and they were all getting wrapped around this drama that was happening. And one of my boys got really frustrated and he immediately texted out a harsh text on the spur of the angry moment to one of his classmates. And minutes later, he came running upstairs and he said, mom, you know, I can't believe what I did. I sent this. And it wasn't really that bad, but it was in the heat of the moment. And you know how these social things go and it's all touchy. And he said, mom, I am so thankful that I don't have group text on this phone. He literally said that he was almost like shaking. He was so upset that he had sent a harsh text. And he said, thank goodness that I didn't have group text, that it didn't go to all the people, you know, in the group that it was affecting. And I just saw his little heart and I just saw, oh my gosh, it, 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 I just got kind of tears in my eyes because I thought that could have been something that, that he could have done that really could have hurt him for a long time. And so unnecessary because we have to remember their impulse is really high, but their self-control is really low. And Dr. Stacey, you and I have done it. We have sent off a quick, angry response to somebody like, and we think, Ooh, why did I do that? (laughs) Right. You know? And when it's on a computer, it's just different. You have to stop what you're doing, go sit in front of your laptop, open it up, boot it up, da da da. All those things are like putting layers and buffers in between our, our temper. And so when you're a 15 year old boy and you're really upset by something and you just fire off, 
That's what we're talking about. And I think in some respects, some of that gets even harder as they get into ninth grade and 10th grade. And I know by 10th or 11th, they're supposed to be able to control this more. But when we say middle school, we, I personally include ninth grade with that. I, I, it's just, to me, ninth grade is the same as middle school, but that's, that's just been my experience. So remember their impulse is high. Their self-control is low. If you are a parent who has no idea what your kids are doing on their messages and their group texting, please stop believing any privacy with this. Know what they are doing. If you can't manage it, then they don't have it. I decided after four kids that I know that I can't manage, I can't watch every single thing they're doing. Plus I know what their brains, where their brains are right now. So we just said, no, we're going to go do life a different way. The second thing is if you are the parent allowing your child to be mean to kids on a group text, please stop doing that. I'm just going to say, um, just, just stop. Just don't allow them to be mean and don't pretend like, oh, it's just fun and games. It's just kids being kids and you're micromanaging and whatever. It is horrible for your child or my child to be the cause of pain in other children. It's just really, really bad. So Dr. Stacy, let's run over a few more of the points um, that I know just anecdotally as we talked through this in different times, even when we got together, we were talking about it some more. Um, let's talk about some of the things that we we came up with. I love what you were just saying about cheating because we didn't have yeah. that on our list. Yeah, we didn't have that on our list. It just sort of came to me because I was thinking about um, a recent group text one of my patients had showed me. But um, so some of the so, let's talk about the problems. Let's just try to yeah. summarize the problems. Let's talk about just a summary of the problems, just for any parents out there that are listening who are allowing group texts or are considering it, and kind of here's some things to think about as you make that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So one is that one child can have control over the entire group. So adding people, deleting people at will, deciding who gets to say what, you know, and this is already happening in social situations in a school environment and then, you know, sports and all these other things. So do you really want that? The kids don't ever have a break, right? Mm -hmm. From the control that these other kids are sort of exuding over the group. So that's a, that's a big issue. Kids feeling like they're constantly being controlled by someone else. Or if your child is the controller, feeling that they can continue to do that to other kids. I think mm-hmm. it's to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, kids will say things in text that they would never say in person. And they'll do that in group text too. So mm-hmm. they'll share things about themselves. They'll share things about their family. They'll say mean things to other kids. They'll I mean, it is unbelievable what they will put out there and it, you cannot get it back. You cannot get it back. Right. I mean, I still have patients that will tell me that are in high school that will tell me about something somebody said on a group text when they were in sixth grade that they still remember or that, uh, you know, sort of identifies that person in some way, positive or negative, you know, that just the power that that has. Uh, I mean, it's like standing in front of a group with a megaphone. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, or a picture somebody sent out that they couldn't believe they sent out, or that was really, you know, fascinating in some way. So that's important to remember. Yeah. And I want to add to that too, just as we get started with our little list here, I want to add that, um, Group texting is not training wheels for social media, okay? I I know that we think, well, they have to learn. We have to gradually kind of introduce them. No, bad idea. It's like giving them the car keys, you know, when they're 10 years old. This is ridiculous. They're reckless. You don't train 
your kids to use social media by giving them group texts. Yeah, I heard on a news story recently that giving your kid social media, which includes group texting, um, at too young of an age is like giving the two-year-old the keys to the car. There will be an accident. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to be like doomsday. You know, I don't ever like to come off that way, but I just want parents to understand like yeah, the risk there's a huge yeah. risk and the benefit yeah, is not like there benefit i don't understand a lot of times what the benefit is yeah um, now i will say melanie that if it's a quote group text between like your child and their two best friends sometimes i think those can be a little bit more under control mm-hmm. um, well depending like, on how old they are and that's right depending on how old they are and sort of the, how that friendship works. Like I can, I can see how my 13 year old daughter has had the same best friend since she was in kindergarten. Okay. And so that's however many years, eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I can see how that group text, you know, with another friend might be different than kids that are just meeting each other and sort of exerting their, you know, power play and sort of who's the leader of the group. Right. right, um, right. But, you know, um, in general, I think it's probably not, not a good idea. Well, because they overuse it. So, um, you, you know, it's better they just pick up the phone and call each other. No, and- I let my kids text on my phone and it's the overuse is unbelievable. You know, mm-hmm. so not that they spend a lot of time doing it, but if they want to shoot a message to a friend or whatever, they can do it on my phone. And so yeah. I have to say, you know, yeah. we're here. Enough. <laughs> is enough. Yeah. Just the sheer volume of messages. Like and I then- said, that one kid, I mean, it was like, thousands of messages a day. Yeah. Yeah. This just happened with a good friend of mine who has a gap phone and she um, uh, inadvertently um, had the group text feature on there that she has since called and gotten off. By the way, when you get a gap phone, you can get it without group text, without media sharing. And the whole time we were together, it was a constant stream of notifications because she was on it. And um, it, it was quite unbelievable. I, and I've done this for a long time and I'm like, okay, could you just, let's turn the phone off. Cause it was just every few seconds. It, they're obsessing. They mm-hmm. can't not obsess. That's part of their, their brain development. So again, we're not talking about the fact that they can't have uh, some kind of group thing on their computer with their class. That's not what we're talking about or, or even uh, the team apps and all that. We allowed that on their laptops. It was fine. We didn't want it in their pockets. And so everything is urgent in our world today. You know, if there's a notification about a sports team or there's some random thing that your kid missed, we had, and my husband and I, like you, we were part of those in, in those sports texts and we got them and we could tell the boys what was up or they could go to their computer. It just wasn't in their pocket. They did not get that amount of interruptions and distractions, you know, in their day. And and you know, all the stuff that we've done, the work that we've done on multitasking and distracting distractions, it's, it, it's not just like when you're doing your homework, which can you imagine the phone lighting up like a Christmas tree, you know, the whole time these kids are trying to do their homework because they're on all these group texts because they're not just on one Dr. Stacey, they're on a multiple um, group text. And so it's like managing a small company (laughs) and, and they can't do it and they can't get back to where they were in their, their brain. It's hard enough for us to do that much right. less them. So talk about the next thing. The kids love to share things in large groups um, that will add shock value. Talk about this. Oh, and I cannot even count how many times I've had a parent talk to me about this. So kids 
There are certain personality types, kids, adults, whoever, who love to do this kind of stuff. Like send out something that's either a little bit edgy or way edgy to an entire group because they love to add the shock value and see what kind of response they'll get. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about pornographic images, like, you know, somebody had a sleepover and took a picture of a kid that was real embarrassing and they send that out or, mm -hmm. you know, saying really terrible things about kids that are not in the group text and sort of making fun of them and getting people to kind of jump on board. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and this one patient of mine, I think she was 11 at the time, um, got a extremely graphic pornographic image sent to a group text she was on. Mm -hmm. And it was um, a kid on the group text who the parents knew had gone to a sleepover and that kid had added everybody at, at the sleep on this group text that previously was sort of vetted by the parents. And then one of those kids was the shock value kid and sent an extremely, extremely graphic, shock, uh, yeah. graphic image out. And you can't unsee it, Melanie. That's the yeah. thing. And this yeah. kid had no idea what sex was. She had, had, I mean, this was like totally like extremely, uh, yeah stressful for well, her. Even if you know what sex is, when you are exposed to these graphic images, that's not what sex really is. That's what I mean. And so it just brings it to another level and it's very, and you can't take it back. And yeah. so it's scarring. It's damaging. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to be all doomsday and like over the top about it. I'm just saying like, let's think about this before we allow yeah. it. Right. And that could happen in one text too. I mean, somebody could get your kid's number and text something to them. You know, if you allow, you know, media sharing but see that's why on our basic phone we we checked that box so they can't have the media sharing and that was a real peace of mind for me and quite frankly for the boys they didn't want to be responsible for having to see all this stuff and and I mean that when I say that and it was such a peace of mind to know that they could not get images sent to their phones right and um and so I think that's very important for us to think about is that yeah, you might think, oh, I don't know, that won't be that you know big of a deal, but you can't take it back. Like, yeah, come back. And when there's a big platform like that, a lot of kids on a group text, the kids, the personalities that want to do the shock value thing are going to do that on a group text yeah. more than are, um, a direct text. So um, another sort of thing to think about with texting is that um, when you are reading text messages, you can't. Um, read tone right in a text message. Now, mm -hmm. if you are texting with someone who's really close to you, you can probably predict or guess sure, if you know them. Yeah, but with kids, I mean, especially kids now, they don't spend enough time face to face anyway, so understanding tone is harder for them just at baseline. But it, when they're texting on these big group messages, mm -hmm. written words are easily not interpreted the way that spoken words are, and then feelings get hurt much oh, more easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That happens all the time. That's, right. that's just the nature of texting in general. And then when you have it on a group text, I think the the biggest danger that we keep reiterating here is the immature brain is texting it. And the immature brain is also reading it. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. when an 11 year old reads something about them, maybe you, the mom, read it and you say, well, no, they really meant this, but she's going to interpret it totally different because she hasn't had enough practice in the real world yet, understanding yeah. what all this means. Right. 
Right. And, you know, on to the next issue, which is parents can't monitor the sheer volume or the content of group text. Yeah. Now, singular text, if you allow your kid to text, you know, certain people, um, you know, certain friends or family members or whatever is easier to monitor just because of, you know, it's individual text messages. You can sort of see that, but these group yeah. texts and you've got 20 kids. I mean, even if you have 20 kids and they're just putting out 10 messages, which is pretty a low number, you yeah. mean that's 200 messages. Just right. And again, I want to reiterate with the, with the media sharing, with group texting and media sharing, which includes sharing photos and videos, it is exactly like social media. It's just like having an Instagram account or having a Snapchat account or whatever, because you're sending stuff. And for everyone listening, you know, it's screen strong that we recommend no smartphones and no media sharing all the way through high school. And you may argue and say, oh my gosh, Melanie, come on, this is so ridiculous. I mean, by the time your kids are you know, in 11th grade, you know, can't you trust them to whatever? I'm like, no, I don't trust teenagers. And that that's, that's a whole nother podcast for another day. And it doesn't mean I don't love them. It just means, no, I don't trust what they're going to receive. I don't necessarily trust what they're going to send, but I just want everybody to hear this. And, and this is just really important. There were just a handful of times when we were somewhere where one of the boys would say, oh, mom, could you send so-and-so that picture for me? Or, oh, mom, can I get so-and-so to send something to your phone? Just really just a handful of times. We did not want our kids growing up thinking that they had to take pictures of every day of their life, every meal they ate, every stupid face they could make, right? And and all the silly stuff around them and then have the platform to just go send it out. Like, I didn't want to train that. I didn't want that to be what they grew up doing. So when they go to college, yes, they have the ability to have a group text now and they have an ability to send media, but guess what, Dr. Stacy, they're, they're fine. It's like, they're not, they're over that stage, right? They, they kind of got yeah, over you, it. You keep your kids sort of out of the group texting, you know, culture long enough. They don't want to do it. It's just like us as adults. We don't want to be in these huge group texts where there's just messages coming in. You know, and then you have the temptation to what send stupid pictures, you know, they kind of got over it. And that was our goal. Our goal is let's just get them through this stage and, and see how we can do this. And it worked beautifully. And I'm just saying that, you know, my husband had a smartphone, I had a smartphone. So in any little situation where they wanted a picture or they're doing a basketball game, Hey mom, send so-and-so this picture. It was fine. It was easy. It was so worth not opening the whole floodgate, right? We just took care of it on a one-off basis Mm -hmm. and it was fabulous. All right. What's the next thing? What's the next thing that we have as Uh, far as our list? So the, another thing we've already touched on is that we don't want to allow our kids to be the source of pain for another child. Right. right? So we're not going to know all the things that they're doing just like we don't now. I mean, they're at school all day long and we don't know what they're saying and doing the whole time they're there. And so let's not give them another opportunity to make those mistakes. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you said that after raising four kids and being um, the other end of my kids getting hurt, I certainly didn't want them to go hurt other people. And I, I just, you know, kids are kids. They're going to make mistakes we need them. We need to fix this digital area of their life, or at least you know, be the coach and guide them through this. We are not over controlling. We are not over protecting. We are actually putting them on a really good path. But I wanted to pr- protect them from their own middle school brains. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to be the source of pain for another child. I didn't want another child to grow up their whole life and still in their thirties and forties and fifties. Remember the time that one of my boys hurt them because the pain in middle school and in the early years of high school, it runs deep and it is permanent. I think I, I remember being hurt in middle school. I mean, you probably remember ugly things being said too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and talk about bullying because we hadn't even really touched on that, but, but that's what you're talking about. Well, and this is the group texting is ripe for bullying. And I'll tell you from a psychiatrist perspective, the kids that I see that really struggle with some particular incident that's happened, it's usually from some kind of bullying through like a group texting situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like either there was a group text made just to talk about them and, you know, or people were bullying them in a group text situation. And I mean, tell me how group texting is any different than Snapchat. If you, if our listeners know what Snapchat is, I mean, it's not any different. It's the same. It's the Yeah. Same. You know what? I think it's, it's worse in a sense that it's more personal. It feels like Snapchat could be like, Oh, that's just Snapchat or no. I mean, I agree. It's all the same, but to me, it's almost more hurtful. I hadn't even really thought about this, but but when you think of Instagram, you think of the big, huge, you know, social media platforms out there, you kind of expect this nonsense. But when it's like, oh, these were my friends. These were right. 10 of my best friends, I thought. And look what they just said about me. Or look what they just said about my girlfriend who's in here. Like, isn't it, doesn't it feel more icky? Or, it feels- yeah, or there's a situation, too, where people are voicing their opinions. Like, um, what are you going to wear to the movie tomorrow, right? And then people, then the kids put their outfit on and they take a picture. And then somebody says, "You're really wearing that?" Oh. You're kind of joking, right? right. So then the kid is like thinking, "Oh, I thought that was really cute, and that's what everyone was wearing, and now they're making fun of me, and then I don't want to go to the movie now." And the, I mean, it's just like, why? Like, why? Oh, no. I don't understand. You uh, know what? It's like they don't have a private thought, right? They're sharing all their private thoughts and. Um, we need to teach our kids how to have private thoughts. And this reminds me to remind our listeners that getting your kids journals, keep a fresh journal in, in their bedroom at all times. They need to be writing this stuff down in a journal. They don't need to be writing all this stuff down in a group text or on social media. We need to teach them how to respect their own feelings and that not everything needs to be said the minute they feel it. It's, yeah. It's fine to write it down. It's fine to talk to us at the dinner table about it. Um, and I think that's one of the protective factors around everything that we're talking about. Have a time every single day. I know you do. I know we do. Dinner time is super important in our house. It always has been. We have fought and fought to keep it that way, but they can kind of unload. And I remember, um, Dr. Stacey, I remember this so clearly when my daughter was going through middle school and high school and she didn't have group text either. And I remember her, I remember picking her up for, from school and I would get all the tea. Everything would spill. She would tell me everything, all the da 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 of everything, because she wasn't able to put it out on a group text. You yeah. Know? She yeah. couldn't put it out on social media. And so what would happen is invariably when there was something wrong or drama going on, the moms would all call me. They're like, we know you know, because we know Melissa talks to you and our daughters don't talk to us. And the reason why is not because I was such a great mom, but it was because she just couldn't. She had to, it was like, busting over. It was flowing over. She had to tell somebody. So she ended up telling me, and that was one of the best 
benefits that I realized right. later. And the same, another topic we talk about all the time, which is keeping their anchor with their family yes. and not necessarily with their peer group. So, yeah. So Dr. Stacy, we're going to wrap up. So, um, so tell me, um, give, give us some encouragement. Okay. There's a lot of families out there listening. In fact, there's some kids listening even, and their parents are like, okay, let's take a break. Right. So, they can take a break from this. They can actually take the function off the phone. Um, if they have a gap phone, you call them, you say, I don't want group texting anymore. Um, if you have an Apple, it's super hard. Everything is super hard on Apple, by the way. We're going to be talking about that more um, on a podcast, but it's super hard because Apple is very hard to manage because it is just hard. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> um, it's very hard to lock down. It's very hard to make these changes. But what? give us some encouragement, um, like how how can they re- remove it? And what encouragement can you give the family who's been caught in a group text, you know, drama dilemma? And what do you do now? Cause it, it's, there's so much pain around it and I don't want parents to feel defeated. I don't want them to feel like they're just throwing the towel in like, Oh, well, we're already there. You can undo it. You can undo allowing group text, just like you can undo allowing a smartphone. Right. So my recommendation to parents, of course, is always gab because they do have that ability. You know, I will say that they tie together sending pictures and group texting. Mm-hmm. They can either allow all of that or allow none of that. And so how we did it in our house and it worked well for us is that, you know, we got our daughter a gab phone when she was 15. So that's kind of the age at our house. Um, which means it was all of ninth grade. She still didn't have a a phone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we sort of allow use of the gab phone without group texting and photos for a year. Mm -hmm. And if that year goes well and we feel like she's, you know, the kid is staying with them, you know, because gab will send you a message if your kid is sending too many texts. Mm -hmm. Not that that is important at all, but it just kind of gives you an idea if you're not reading all the text messages. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, and then if they're kind of using it responsibly, then, you know, allowing the group text sort of closer to the end of high school. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, kids will be left out of things if they're not on a group text. I mean, they will. Left but out if you're on it, it's it, either not. But. Um, and so they that encourages them to make stronger friendships in person because mm-hmm. that encourages the people on the group text to then reach out to the other kids that aren't on the group text and invite them to do things directly. And I think that that's important for kids to understand is that if, if someone really wants you there, they're going to make sure that you know about it. And that's a hard lesson to learn. And yeah, I love that you said that because that's exactly what happened in our house. And so they have to understand that when you are going to do things, you're going to get, invited to do a lot of things over your life. You're going to have a lot of different peer groups and a lot of different things. And you want to find value in your friends and you want them to find value in you. And so these group texts sort of dilute the Mm -hmm. sort of pool of friendships to a point where kids don't have their five close friends anymore, right? Mm -hmm. They just have this group of acquaintances. And so by sort of not allowing group texting, it helps your friend, your kids sort of find their friend group that really is their friend group, right? Amen. I mean, I totally agree with that. That's exactly what happened to us and the boys when there were group texts going on about certain meetups and stuff. One of their friends would just say, hey, guys, this is what we're doing. And they would they would just 
send it to them directly or what it, it really, you figure out who your friends are. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. And if you don't want to go that route, my second recommendation would be to do the group text on your phone. Yeah. Put your number in the group text and your kids can give your number to whoever's starting the group text. Yeah. And we've done that route as well. Um, it's super annoying. I'm not going to say it's not. I mean, these kids, the things they text, it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I mean, just the unbelievable, just emoji yeah. after emoji and, you know, just. Oh, yeah. Well, but it yeah. teaches them to be accountable. And I think that's really important. And I love that you're bringing that up because it's not being, it's not like we're saying your kids can't have any privacy. My kids have privacy in their journals. They have privacy on their phone calls. They have privacy in their bathroom. Like they, it's not like they don't have privacy, but there are certain things like group text that should not be private from parents. Well, because thing, Melody, when, um, when your kids are at school and they're on the playground, mm-hmm. there is absolutely somebody on playground duty. That's true. So, true. Good point. So group texting or it's being the playground. on the playground yeah. is the playground and you're there. There's not privacy for that. No. Your kid wants to have a private conversation with another kid. They need to do that in person. Well, my boys learned really early because I was on top of this, that whatever they texted out, right, it's not private. It's once you text or send something, that person can take it and send it to 500 people. It is never a private conversation. So why are parents left out? Right, right. Like everybody in the world knows, but you, like that's a really bad idea. You know, and every parent needs to make their own decision on what's best for their kids. But um, I just don't think from a mental health perspective or a parenting perspective that giving your kids privacy on the Internet or on a smartphone is is good for them. So mm-hmm. let's look at it all from a risk benefit scenario. And I don't really, you know, and it's funny. Um, we always talk about risk benefit. You know, that's kind of grounding me because I'm a physician. But. Uh, Andrew said that at our event last weekend, he was talking about risks and benefits and how um, mm-hmm. the benefits just do not outweigh the risk. And so that's how I want us all to parent. It's not from a place of fear, but from a place of just education and information and sort of why are we allowing our kid to group text? And if yeah. it's, you want them to be in contact with their friends and in the know, just add your number, add your number if you mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. And if you already allowed the group texting, which I did have a mom ask me about that at the event last weekend, you know, I've already allowed the group text. What do I do? I think you sit down with your kid and you say, you know what? I made a mistake and I'm human and you're human. And I didn't realize what I was doing when I was allowing that. And so we're going to take a step back from that. And we're going to get you a phone that does not group text. And yeah, to give my number to your friends and they can put my number in the group text and then we'll kind of stay abreast of what's going on in that way. Yeah. And I always say for parents to also add, look, it's not forever. It's just for now. It's not forever. And don't give them a time frame and don't whatever, but it's good because teenagers have a hard time, you know, thinking ahead and they think everything is, Oh no, it's going to be forever. My life is ruined. And you say, no, it's just for now. It's just a season. We're going to try this and we're going to do this for a season. We do have a whole detox thing on our site. If you go into our connect group, on screenstrong.org, go in there and we have a forum. We have the 30 day detox in there that you can see how to detox your kids. Of course, we also have our student, our student course. That's really great for middle school kids. And you can go over that with them. You can sit and and do that at home, or you can um, have your school purchase that in a bundle. And again, we have our parent course too, that is very, very informative over all these things. So 
Dr. Stacy, thank you so much for sharing again all your wisdom and and your experience. We value it so much, and um, and we we love the student presentation that you did. If you're listening, stay tuned. We're going to try to get that in our Connect Plus. We have a subscription area where we're going to be adding more content and more of the the in person events that we're starting to do a lot more of those now that things are kind of back in the groove with all that. So please look at the Connect Plus, look at the Connect, and look at our courses. Dr. Stacy, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong. Mm-hmm.